Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. with Wings Productions, with the support of Whimsical Productions and Collected Sounds Presents, Episode 20 of The Skylark Bell. I'm your host, Melissa Oliveri. In our last episode, Magpie had a very unsettling encounter with Lucas's grandmother and realized the silence appears to be spreading from Meadow Lane. In today's episode, we continue our adventure with Chapter 20, where Magpie finally learns the truth about what sparked the silence at Meadow Lane. So get cozy, grab a blanket and a warm drink. We're getting started. Farfalla sits silently in the same booth she sits in every morning. But it's now well past lunchtime. Her usual order of blackberry waffles and sweet orange tea lays before her, but today something is different. She sits, looking out the window, her untouched food cooling on the table. No one has bothered to come around and take the plate away. Around her, there's a tremendous amount of activity. The people of Pocket have convened at the diner. Mr. Bunting is talking loudly and pacing across the dirty restaurant floor while Mr. Tofetto and his wife sit silently looking out the window. The rude waitress is leaning in the kitchen doorway looking pale, and the cook is sitting on one of the red counter stools, fidgeting with a pen. The librarian, the postmaster, even people from the surrounding farms fill every chair and booth in the restaurant. Magpie enters the diner wondering what all the commotion is about. She can hear bits of hushed conversation. The silence, all of us, started when she got here, and notices several of the people in the diner glaring at her. She glances toward the back of the room, and her gaze lands on Farfalla. Farfalla gestures for Magpie to come sit in her booth. Magpie looks around, but no one else seems to have noticed the old woman. She does her best to ignore the chill at the back of her neck and slowly makes her way to the back of the diner. Magpie slips into the booth across from Farfalla, who stares silently at Magpie for what feels like an interminable amount of time before, to Magpie's tremendous surprise, 
she opens her mouth to speak. I'm very happy you have returned to Pocket, she says calmly. Her voice doesn't sound anything like Magpie would have imagined. Not at all old and shaky, as one would expect from a woman who hasn't spoken in decades, but rather soft, whispery, and almost childlike. Magpie looks self-consciously around the restaurant to see if anyone else has heard or noticed that Farfalla is speaking, but no one seems to even see them there. Magpie clears her throat nervously. I'm sorry, you must be mistaking me for someone else. I'm new here, she replies. Ah, so you are. This time, Farfalla says, pressing her lips together. There's much I need to tell you. She takes a deep breath before launching into the incredible story of what happened to the town and its people nearly a century ago. Farfalla's parents settled near Pocket before the town was even really a town. At the time, it was only a small collection of buildings along a small part of Main Street. With an orchard, winding creek, and rolling fields all around, Meadow Lane was the nicest parcel of land in the area. Farfalla's family built a small but comfortable house at the top of the long, sloping hill. It was warm and inviting, and with windows on each side, it let in the bright orange, yellow, pink, and purple light of each sunrise and sunset. For years, her family enjoyed the sights and sounds of birds, wildlife, sunshine, stars, wind, children, music. As a child, Farfalla spent all her time outdoors learning the language of the skylarks and singing to them in the forest. It was said that Farfalla had the most beautiful voice anyone had ever heard and that she could even hypnotize animals with it. The skylarks would reply and together they would share their most closely held secrets. She ran like the wind through the tall grass her lungs filling with the fragrant scent of wild roses and apple blossoms. Most days, Farfalla would stop at Mirror Pond to take in the reflection of the sky, the clouds, the birds overhead, and the wind in her wild red hair and her bright blue eyes. When that first drop of rain would hit the pond, those images would all swirl together making her feel like she was intricately woven into the fabric of nature around her. The summer Farfalla turned 18 was the summer she met Marius Corbeau. The story said that Marius had come from Europe and had simply appeared in pocket one day on the back of his striking horse. Farfalla first laid eyes on him while perched on a tree branch in the blossoming orchard. The sound of hooves on the dirt path made her look down from the tree. And there she saw him. Dark, wavy hair. Cool gray eyes gleaming with a hint of mischief, but somehow still soft enough to put her at ease. Sitting tall in the saddle on a large black horse with a white mane and tail. She'd never seen anything like either of them before. 
She climbed down from the tree as he hopped to the ground. Their eyes met, and a cluster of butterflies took flight in her stomach. They made brief introductions and walked through the orchard, talking and laughing like old friends within minutes. Marius came to visit every day. They would sit together on Cormorant's back and gallop through the vast fields and forests, her fiery red hair flowing in the wind. They would picnic by the river, pick apples from the orchard, and watch the sunset from the bridge, their love blossoming as the weeks went by. That autumn, Farfalla's family hosted a celebration at the farm, with nearly every resident of Pocket in attendance. The people sang, danced, ate, and celebrated well into the night. At the peak of the party, Marius asked Farfalla to come outside with him for a breath of fresh air. Once there, he handed her a lantern and led her to the apple orchard behind the house. It was there, by the light of the moon, in the place where they first laid eyes on one another, that he asked her to be his wife. Farfalla was only too eager to accept. She thought her heart was going to burst with joy. Because Marius hadn't yet asked Mr. Shearwater for Farfalla's hand in marriage, they kept their engagement a secret and agreed to wed the following spring. Life on Meadow Lane could not have been more perfect until winter came. When the holidays came, Marius gifted Farfalla a bell. He explained that the bell had come from Scotland and that it was very old and said to harbor some mystical powers. The bell was etched with Scottish Gaelic words, which neither of them could read, and flying birds spiraling around it. Marius had spent weeks working on the beautifully carved wooden skylark that the bell was attached to. Farfalla cherished that bell more than anything. It hung in her window where the breeze would make it chime, and she and the skylarks would sing along. It was a long, harsh winter. The wind was relentless, and the cold only seemed to get deeper and deeper as the weeks went by. There was a tragic fire at the farm by the creek which took a life, sending the entire population of Pocket reeling. People were starting to panic. They were running out of food, running out of firewood, and there were reports of some families nearly freezing to death. The residents of Pocket held an emergency town hall meeting. They were getting desperate. Everyone was running out of wood to heat their homes, and the farm on Meadow Lane was the only one in the area with any mature trees left. The villagers decided the orchard needed to be cut down for firewood, or none of them would survive the winter. This broke Farfalla's heart. She had such fond memories of dancing among the apple blossoms every spring and picking crisp, sweet apples every fall. And of course, it was among those very trees that she had first laid eyes on Marius. She watched the apple orchard get cut down, each strike of the axe boring into her heart. 
The wood from the apple trees helped tide the villagers over for a short time. But finally, one day, her father decided they needed to cut down the oak tree at the front of their property. Farfalla had grown up with that tree. It was like family to her. She wept and wept and begged her father not to cut it down. Marius overheard the conversation and offered to go out in search of firewood so the tree could be spared. On that stormy night, as the snow was accumulating higher than anyone had ever seen, Farfalla heard a loud knock at the door. So as not to let in the cold, Mr. Shearwater spoke with the person outside for a brief moment through a crack in the door. Glancing back at Farfalla, he grabbed his coat and boots and let himself out, closing the door behind him. Farfalla waited for what felt like an eternity before her father came back in, stomping the snow off his boots. He slowly took off his coat and took a seat at the dining room table where she was nervously waiting. It was there, in a soft, quiet voice, that he delivered the devastating news. Marius had gone missing. Night after night, she sat by the door, waiting for Marius to come to her, hoping she would at least get word from one of the townspeople that he had been found and brought home safely. But no one ever came. Tree by tree, the orchard behind the house had vanished. The wood from its trees burned in the fireplaces of the surrounding homes. Soon thereafter, the animals moved away, and the birds were silenced. Eventually, the wind disappeared, the crops died, and the house started falling apart. And then the people left, too. Farfalla was devastated. By the time her family left Meadow Lane, they were barely even speaking to one another. It was like all sound had gone from the land. She hid the skylark bell in the house and shut the door behind her, never to return. Thank you so much for listening. Join me next week as we pursue our adventure and read Chapter 21 of Meadow Lane and the Skylark Bell, where Magpie will learn what must be done to save the town of Pocket and its residents from the silence at Meadow Lane. Before I go, I'd like to thank Fate and Starling Publishing for this fantastically eerie story, and Canel for equally fantastic and eerie music for this podcast. If you are enjoying this story, please consider leaving a rating and or a review. Either one and both are very much appreciated. Thank you.
everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.